This is the Dungeon Master's Handbook. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Master's Handbook. I'm Michael Shorten, also known as Chicago Wiz. Thanks for listening. So, this episode we're going to continue on some things that I've done with running an old school style sandbox campaign. And we're going to talk about running multiple games in, in my world. How I've done that, and uh, what challenges I've faced, and what kind of really cool things have come out of it. Um, why would I do this? You know, why would I run two, three, four games out of my campaign world? Um, I guess it comes down to that I really love exploring my campaign world. I love seeing what the players are going to do. I love seeing all of the cool things that they come up with. And it challenges me to have to be creative and to have to come up with all this stuff, and which kind of is my own way of exploring the world. And it's how I really enjoy it. Uh, and why I really enjoy being a DM. Um, you know, I was running a game roughly about every three weeks to a month, and I wanted to have more. So I decided to do two things. Um, I decided to start another tabletop group, and then I also decided to start an online group. And from there then, I had you know, several campaigns going. Now, what ended up happening was with the tabletop campaign, uh, they were running out of the same uh, home base, the same area that my established group had been running. And actually, I had crossover from some people going from one group to the other. So for them, it was like getting to game in the same place uh, more than once a month. The online group, I actually set up completely on the other side of the world. Um, I didn't have the world mapped out at that time, so I was just kind of making this up in my head. I did the three hexes thing and figured out what was around. And um, what I quickly found out was I was gonna have some challenges. The first big challenge I ran into was timing. You know, um, especially for the tabletop groups that were running out of the same area, you know, um, what happens if one group is meeting more than the other group? You know, what kind of problems does that introduce, especially if they're doing something that's intertwined? Um, does time pass the same for each of those groups? You know, if I had one group that met on the first day of summer and they played through 10 game days, does that mean group two starts on day 11? Does it start on day 20? Um, there's no real right or wrong answer for this. It's going to depend on what works for your campaign. Um, for me, I made them sequential. Um, it was easier for me. It was easier for the players, especially those who were taking the same, same, camp, same character from one uh, group to the next. Um, but what about the online game? Because one of the things I found out for the online game was that time passes a lot more slowly. Now, we were doing a play-by-post, which 
for those of you that don't know, means I put up a post saying, you know, here you are, here's a situation, blah, blah, blah. What are you going to do? And then each player will say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to cast this spell, I'm going to open this door, that sort of thing. Time passes very slowly in an online campaign sometimes, um, especially if you're dungeon diving, because every action could take a day or two to resolve. Even for people that are really motivated and maybe posting three or four times a day, you know, if not everyone is on that same schedule or is able to do that, then you're going to run into some slowdowns. So then what do you do there? Now for me, because I had one group, you know, these two groups, the online group and the tabletop group were far enough apart in the world that they really weren't going to affect each other. It was okay. Um, and I discovered some other techniques of saying, okay, you know, you've kind of finished this adventure. We're going to let a month pass or we're going to let a season pass and, and then we're going to pick it up again. And they were okay with that because they recognized that time passed very slowly for them as well. Um, another thing to think about when another challenge is, are they going to cooperate with each other, the groups, or are they going to be competitive? Um, you know, it really is going to depend on what style of campaign you want. You know, do, do, if Group A discovers this dungeon with a, you know, a great rumored cache of treasure, are they going to let Group B know about it? What if Group B gets to the treasure before Group A does? You know, if that appeals to your players that have that kind of competition, then great, you can run with it. If not, then you as the DM are going to kind of have to figure out how you balance those things and, and what style of game you run to promote either cooperation or competition. Um, what about running different games entirely? I started a fifth edition campaign um, at the same time I was running a first edition campaign. I did that because the library asked me to run a later version and they wanted something that was uh, up to date and current and I got that and I tried it for a while and the challenge there was just how am I going to make things work if the campaign world is based on first edition how am I going to introduce fifth edition with all of its new changes into it. Here again, I separated it by geography. Okay, so if I've got one group down in the southwest part and I've got another group in the eastern part, you guys are going to go in the northwest part. Nobody will ever meet up. And that kind of helped out for a while. Unfortunately, the fifth edition game uh, broke up after some time. Uh, the library stopped having their uh, board game night. But uh, it was kind of interesting having to look at my campaign world through the eyes of a, of a different edition and see how I was going to you know, make, make all the elements work together. Another challenge may be you want to actually have a different style of game altogether. Um, something I'm going to cover in a later podcast is how to bring war games into your campaign world. Um, I did that. And uh, here again, it's a question of how are you going to balance having this one game, which, you know, can involve multiple kingdoms of much bigger scale than what you play, your players may necessarily be playing in. And how will that affect the players? Um, in this case, uh, the players had to deal with refugees. They dealt with uh, performing special operations type of missions to uh, 
help the uh, the battle, and they even participated in a couple of uh, mass combat scenarios. And again, we'll get to that in another episode. How can then running multiple games improve your campaign? Well, I kind of talked about that a little bit, where I talked about how it gave me the opportunity to um, really explore the world differently through different perspectives. Um, it's also great. It's a great way to open your campaign to other players, new styles of players, different types of players. Um, it really gives you a new point of view on something that you may be familiar to looking at in one way, and now you're going to look at it another way. Um, I'll give you an example of that. I have um, one player in my tabletop campaign, and he plays a cleric of the, uh, I guess you could call it the official religion of the kingdom that they're in. It's called the Church of the Light. Um, it's a very obvious uh, Catholic-based uh, religion down to the hierarchy and all of the pomp and circumstance that they, uh, that they use. Well, this player has one way of playing the light. Now, in my on online game, the play-by-post game, I have also a cleric of the light, and he plays it in a much different manner. And what that allows me to do is that allows me to explore this organizational entity in two completely different ways and really be able to get a lot of depth on what's going on so that I can challenge each of those perhaps with elements of things that I've learned from the other player. Um, and I think that's really cool. Um, I love it that a lot of the games that I run now have a purpose. I'll, I'll always do one-shots and uh, convention events from my campaign world, whether it's a war game, whether it's a uh, tabletop AD&D game. It always does something to my world, and what that allows me to do is it means that everything counts. I get to kind of figure out how it counts, which is cool from a DM perspective, and my players get to feel like, wow, we really did something. How often do you get to go to a campaign, play in a game, and then get told, hey, guess what? The city that you just saved is actually going to mean something to people who play in two different games. I don't know about you. I think that's cool. And it seems like that gets a lot of really uh, favorable reception when, when I tell people that. Um, I, I don't know if it helps them their experience or anything but they seem to get a, a charge out of it and i know some of my tabletop players are like what were those guys thinking of when they did this um so that's kind of neat and for me it also by having multiple games in my campaign it avoids burnout for me because i'm thinking about different things i'm getting to plan different things oh i gotta go paint these miniatures for this uh part of the campaign rather than the same style of works that i've got to do you know for the tabletop players so it all just kind of adds up very nicely how could you get started in expanding your campaign world well, if, if you're used to me talking about things, I always advise starting small with small steps and growing from there. Um, split the party is one way. Maybe you'll run different sessions for different parts of the party. 
Um, you know, if one part is going to go in one part of the dungeon and one part's going to go to the other, then dedicate a separate session to each. Kind of get used to the idea of having different perspectives on what you're doing. See if you like it. Um, another thing is run a convention game out of your world. Um, if you live close to an area that has like a little local uh, gaming day or, or, you know, like a regional event, something, you know, like a um, uh, game hole con or, you know, some sort of a, a larger event, they're always looking for people to run games. Sometimes you can even get your uh, your entry fee comped by being a GM and, and running uh, enough hours. It also gives you a way of opening up your campaign world and kind of acting like an advertisement. Hey, if you all enjoyed playing in this, I do this you know every two weeks, every week, every month, whatever your schedule is, come on down and, and you know be a part of my regular game. That's a great way of getting new players. Um, run an online game. As I mentioned before, I started a play-by-post game. Um, that was a very easy way of introducing another uh, game into my world because it takes prep, but because things move more slowly, you don't have as much prep to do. Um, and, and that's kind of nice. Not that it doesn't take work to do the play-by-post games because um, instead of you talking out your descriptions, you're having to write it out. And uh, it'll give you a different perspective on how things happen if, if you do a type of game like that. All right, so I think I've covered a lot of what I wanted to talk about with running multiple games. Um, Talked about how uh, what challenges with the advancing of time and how you, you're going to handle the groups interacting with each other. We talked a little bit about introducing other games, other types of games like war games or uh, you know maybe even a board game. Uh, there's a some sort of a, a board game that you like to run, like maybe the dungeon board game, and you want to have that take place in your world. You can do that as well. I'm going to cover some things in later episodes that we're going to touch on this, especially about including war games and mass combat into, uh, into your campaign. So uh, I hope you'll join me for those. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate all of the comments that you've left me, all of the feedback. Um, it would be really great if you could leave me some reviews either on SoundCloud or on iTunes to uh, help the uh, podcast get a little exposure. Um, you can download this in future episodes, again, from soundcloud.com slash Handbook, um, or on iTunes or Google Play, Blueberry, Stitcher. Um, and please share with your friends. That would be wonderful. So until next time, game on. Game on.